0: Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Good morning and thanks for joining me for Rise and Crime, your morning caffeine hit all about crime. I'm Mama Jules and let's start in four different states. Yeah, four different states and two different police chases with one ending in the death of an Ohio mother. All right, about a year ago, Caitlin Lynch and her two daughters moved to Cincinnati, Ohio See, she had married a man who was not the father of her children, and it's unclear if that was the reason for the move. In fact, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys, the online presence of the people involved in this case is zero. I've searched for family, for the victim, on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm finding nothing. But the story is so intriguing, I'm gonna tell you anyway. So Caitlin Lynch moves to Cincinnati, and then her new husband Well, he dies of an unexpected illness in the spring of this year. And that's it on our background. I wish I had more but here is where the details do become available. Caitlin secured a job working for James Hartke. Now he's an attorney in Cincinnati and her coworkers, well, they loved working with her. She was a coveted aide in the office with others lobbying for her to work with them. Sherry Rickman, her coworker, she described Caitlin as a super sweet and spunky girl. She was a hugger. So am I, so I totally get you, Caitlin. And her coworker also said her two daughters were her world. Now, according to Caitlin's father, Dan, Caitlin had studied criminal justice and she was thrilled to be working in the law firm atmosphere. About a month ago, Caitlin agreed to allow one of her deceased husband's friends to move in with her. Now, 32-year-old Lance Miller of Abbott, Texas moved across several states because he was having a hard time in life. Okay, maybe. Or maybe he had romantic feelings for Caitlin. She's a beautiful woman. So that would make sense too. And these questions, well, they're not being answered. Some sources say he was living in the basement because of his downturn in luck. Other sources say there was a romantic interest between Caitlin and Lance. And one source saying that it wasn't reciprocated love is Caitlin's boss, James. He said when he shared drinks with Lance and Caitlin one evening that it appeared he was enchanted with Caitlin, but she didn't feel the same way. Well, the living arrangement was short lived because two weeks ago, Caitlin was standing outside of her home talking on her cell phone to a friend when Lance came out of the home and he shot Caitlin. He then put Caitlin in the passenger seat of her BMW, and he sped away. Now, Cincinnati police were alerted to the shots fired, and they arrived at the home, but Lance and the injured Caitlin were long gone. Over the next two days, police called the incident a potential kidnapping, and they worked with other state agencies to track the two in Caitlin's car. Early Saturday morning, a police pursuit of the BMW began in Wilson County, Tennessee. The pursuit extended through multiple counties. Eventually, the tires of the BMW, well, they were popped, and officers were able to stop the car being driven by Lance. Officers were stunned to find Caitlin dead in the passenger seat now lance was immediately arrested on charges of fleeing law enforcement and abuse of a corpse and murder charges they're not going to be filed in tennessee because law enforcement believes the murder took place in cincinnati and lance is incarcerated awaiting extradition to ohio okay it is unclear if caitlin knew about lance's recent past on july 31st just a day or two before lance arrived in ohio to move in with caitlin He was also involved in another police pursuit in Oklahoma. Lance was arrested after a low-speed pursuit in a stolen truck in Oklahoma City. After multiple failed pit maneuvers, police were successful when they forced Lance's stolen vehicle to spin out of control. When police removed Lance from the truck, he was holding a beer. Now, Lance was evaluated for a few scrapes, but no one, including cops, were hurt during the pursuit. And Lance went on to make bail. But who bailed him out? And how did he get to Ohio after being bailed out? Okay, that's just a couple of the questions that have yet to be answered. And if you're keeping track, we have Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio, and Tennessee all involved in the case. Okay, so her boss was saying that they weren't an item, right? Well, that boss also said that women who worked in the office with Caitlin felt uncomfortable with Lance. But guess what Caitlin's dad, Dan, is saying? Well, he told Fox News that Lance was his daughter's new romantic interest and that he was moving in from Texas. He also told Fox News that he thought his daughter was working as a paralegal at the time of her death. So I'm not really sure how intimately connected to her life her dad was. But he did say the following about his daughter's potential killer putting her body in the passenger seat and driving to Tennessee. He said... I mean, he's one sick puppy. Okay, on her GoFundMe page that's raised over $65,000, the description says that anyone who knew Caitlin knew how much she loved being a mom to her two beautiful daughters. The page also describes how she was willing to lend a hand and that she was funny, beautiful, determined, and that she will be deeply missed by all. I am absolutely sure we are going to get more details in this case, especially when Lance gets extradited to Ohio, and I'll bring you the updates as promised. And I keep my promises, and I have two quick updates to cases I've previously reported here on Rise in Crime. Okay, first, the New York socialite shover, Lauren Pazienza, has pleaded guilty to her manslaughter charge. I know she's been deemed the socialite shover, And when I first brought you this case in the June 19th episode of Rise in Crime, it became debated in my Instagram feed if she is a socialite or not. And I don't have an answer for you. Is there some kind of social rating score out there I can consult? Do you have to have three Bentleys before you get tagged as a socialite? Like how many servers at your New York restaurant do you have to treat poorly before I honor your socialite shover nickname? I don't know. I just know that is what the media in New York City is calling her. So you guys can just debate that all you want. But I do know she is going to spend Eight years in prison for the killing of 87 year old Barbara Gastern. Okay, here's the quick recap Lauren and her fiance had spent the day at several art gallery shows. They were celebrating their pending wedding. Now, the day included some drug use and the consumption of two bottles of wine. Later in the evening, they stopped at a food vendor outside of Chelsea Park, and this is where the day takes an angry and dramatic turn. When Lauren is approached by a park employee, and told the park would be closing soon, she loses control and gives the employee a verbal cussing. When her fiance tries to calm her, she hurls her food at him, and then she storms out of the park, really in no particular direction. As she heads down 28th Street, her tantrum in the park turns deadly when she shoves Barbara astern and calls her a filthy name while doing so. Okay, Lauren doesn't even know this beloved vocal coach. Barbara was just trying to leave from her home and go on a short walk to attend a performance. And the violent shove sends the four foot, 11 inch Barbara backwards, causing her to hit her head. Now, Lauren doesn't aid Barbara. She just turns and walks away. And a neighbor, well, she helps Barbara call for an ambulance. On the way to the hospital, Barbara loses consciousness and she then dies five days later from the fatal shove. Now Lauren spends the next days taking no responsibility for her actions. She turns off her cell phone, she deletes her social media, also she deletes her wedding registry, and then she runs home to mommy and daddy. And investigators, well, they had zeroed in on her as a suspect when surveillance footage showed her near the scene after causing the ruckus in the park. In fact, she hangs out for about 20 minutes watching medical personnel attend to Barbara. And then partway through that 20 minutes, her fiance approaches her and again, she gets into a physical altercation with him. All of that being caught on security cameras. And investigators also tracked her movements after leaving the scene of the crime to a metro station where she swiped her card and a clear picture of her face and clothes that she was wearing were then matched to the footage outside of Barbara's home. Okay, after her arrest, Lauren's lawyer and the prosecutor were working on a plea deal. And initially she could have faced up to 25 years in prison, but the negotiating seemed to be indicating they might settle on 15 years in prison. Well, it looks like they have worked that to eight years in prison with five years of post-release supervision. She will also surrender her ability to appeal. Now, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg had this to say about the unprovoked attack and the plea deal. He said, Lauren Pazienza aggressively shoved Barbara Castell to the ground and walked away as the beloved New Yorker lay there bleeding. Today's plea holds Pazienza accountable for her deadly actions. We continue to mourn the loss of Barbara Castell, a talented musical theater performer and vocal coach who touched so many in New York City and beyond. Okay, Barbara, whose family referred to her as Bobby growing up, had most recently coached singers in the revival of Oklahoma on Broadway. And her only grandson remembered her at her funeral by saying this about his Bob-Bob. What are the collective choices we make that allow such a positive force of nature like my Bob-Bob to be murdered across the street from this very church. Let us celebrate her. Let us believe we can become a force of nature as she was. And together, we can dare to create a world where tragedies like this are impossible. All right, to the second quick update. When I brought you the story of Alicia Watts back in the July 31st episode of Rise and Crime, she was still listed as a missing person. All of that changed last Thursday. Montgomery County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina announced via their Facebook page that they believe they have located the remains of 39 year old Alicia Watts. They also said that Alicia's boyfriend, James Dunmore, has been taken into custody and arrested for murder. Okay, here's the reminder to what led to the arrest of the 51 year old boyfriend and the discovery of Alicia's remains. Back in mid July, accomplished business owner Alicia Watts was last scene with her boyfriend, James Dunmore, when she had traveled to see James at his home. K-Family verified that she was with James, but when she was a no-show at a comedy performance that her and James were supposed to be attending, red flags started arising, and that's when family reported her missing two days later. At nearly the same time, Two days after Alicia was last seen, police had come across a man sleeping in a black Mercedes SUV in the Anson County DMV parking lot. Now, police didn't think much of it at first, but when several hours had passed, the man was still asleep in the SUV, so they tried waking him and they found him unresponsive. The man was James and the SUV belonged to the missing Alicia. So here's where it went weird. James goes to the hospital, he's cleared, and then... He goes AWOL. Friends and family can't get him to respond. Local media outlets tried to reach him at his home, but they were unsuccessful. And family becomes frustrated. And law enforcement just quietly went about working the case. Then on Thursday... A massive law enforcement presence was spotted on Cemetery Road in Montgomery County, and that's about 20 minutes from James' home. Investigators believe her body has been in the wooded area since July 18th. That's the same day that James was found unresponsive in Alicia's Mercedes. Now, it was also revealed that this wasn't the first search of that area. Investigators had visited the area six times times before, searching for Alicia. Okay, see, cell phone pings had led the investigators to conduct those searches and then to eventually use a cadaver dog to find and locate her remains in the Montgomery County Pond. At times over the 40 days she was missing, family had expressed dissatisfaction with the Charlotte Mecklenburg police. At one point, police had even told the press that they felt Alicia had left on her own accord, which, remember, any grown adult can do that. That's not a crime. But her cousin, Gwen, who was supposed to be attending that comedy show with Alicia, said she felt like everything just wasn't being taken seriously, especially in the beginning of the investigation. Now, according to WSOC-TV in Charlotte, there are currently 3,500 missing persons. I was blown away by that number. Private investigator John Cochran told WSOC that each agency in the area, well, they have their own command and that they all pretty much operate separately. And he acknowledges there's just not enough detectives or money to go around to fully address all of these investigations. So his explanation probably came into play here in Alicia's case. She lived a couple of hours from her boyfriend. She would travel to see him every other weekend. And then the search area was 20 minutes from James' house. And the event where James was found unresponsive was handled by a completely different agency due to the location. So that's a a whole bunch of crossover in this case. Now, Gwen, remember that's Alicia's cousin. She also said that one lesson to learn from Alicia's death was that women need to check into who they are dating a little deeper. James had previous brushes with the law that included abduction, assault, and battery, as well as stalking. Now, a search warrant for James' residence shows that investigators are trying to look for a wide swath of evidence. Now, the warrant listed firearms, other weapons, cell phones, and DNA evidence as things that they were able to obtain. And CMPD did take from the home clothing, cell phones, a camera, a laptop, a memory card, photos, and then several DNA swabs. Police are also comparing a shell casing that was previously found outside near James' home during the early days of the investigation. And Moore County Sheriff Ronnie Fields said the investigation will continue. He also said this was not the outcome that law enforcement were hoping for, but that their hearts go out to the family and friends of Ms. Watts, acknowledging that she had a big, big following that was with her. Now, Fields also said that law enforcement will do the best they can to lift Ms. Watts' name up and promised a day of reckoning. All right, and since we have time today, I'll tell you this quick crime story that has a better ending. Earlier this week, A woman had called for an uber in phoenix okay see she was at a car dealership i'm guessing to leave her car there maybe for a service detail or something like that well she had called for an uber when a man in a wig showed up pretending to be the driver 41 year old jacob wheel hoyt was the man in the disguise and he knew the arizona woman whose name has not yet to be released so, it appeared this wasn't a target attack. They actually knew each other. Now, Will Holt allegedly restrained the woman with zip ties and shoved her into the Honda van. That night, he and the victim slept at Lake Mead Park. The next day, the van made a stop at a Seligman, Arizona gas station, where the woman slipped a quickly penned note to another woman who was at the station. The note had the word help at the top. Then it listed her name and instructions to call 911. It also said blue Honda van and then the plate number was listed. Then it read going towards Kingman, Las Vegas. Now that angel customer took the note seriously and she called 911. She handed over the note and also gave detailed descriptions of the woman who gave her the note and also the driver of the van who ended up being Will Hoyt. Now the alert woman also pointed law enforcement in the direction of where the van was headed. Police were able to catch up to the van and arrest Will Hoyt for kidnapping, aggravated assault, and unlawful imprisonment. Multiple firearms were discovered in plain view in the van. Kristen Green of the Yavapi County Sheriff's Office told reporters that this was a crazy story, but one that they wanted to tell because of how the victim advocated for herself. She also said that a lot of people might have looked at this woman passing a note and thought she was crazy, but thank goodness this customer took her seriously and called 911. All right, we here at Rise in Crime, we love advocates. Advocate for yourself and for others. All right, that's your Monday episode of Rise in Crime. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join me again on Monday for more morning crime news. I'm Mama Jules, and keep safe out there.